Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. You know, we're kind of in this series that he's famous for, amen? He's famous for his faithfulness. He's famous for his operation in the earth. And we kind of got pulled in, thank God, by the Spirit of God. And I want to continue in, in understanding that God, you know, I started thinking about it. He's famous for his faithfulness is where we're going. But I started thinking God is famous, famous for the way he does things. It really, really got me like I really been challenged to do things the way God has asked us to do. So I want you to look at this scripture. This is where we started, and it blessed me. In Colossians 1.26, we read, and I don't know about you, but Colossians 1, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 1.26, I get so excited, I, I short-circuit my own mind, because <laughs> I know this scripture. I know verse 28 is really, really blessing me. I'm, I'm, I'm having Sunday flashbacks while I'm doing this right now, because it really blessed me. It says, for you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh. See that right there? He's saying, you might be wise in the flesh or seem like you're smart in the natural, and not many mighty or noble are called. Now, that doesn't mean God just calls people that don't have it together. That means sometimes people that think they got it together in the earth can't receive the simplicity of the gospel to become spiritual. That doesn't mean spiritual people are dumb by no means. That just means sometimes if you lift yourself up to be too smart in the earth, you miss the God of faith in the heavens. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I like that. Because this, this gospel simple. And God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Now here's what he says in verse 28. And that's what got me so excited. The base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. My God in heaven, I don't know about you, that blessed my life. Uh, I start, I, and I want, to, I want to show you something here because not only did it, it bless my life, it's changing my life because I think we got to ask ourselves the question. And I looked at some stuff here. I think we got to start asking ourselves the question. And I want you to ask yourself, am I calling things the way they are or am I calling things the way they should be? I want you to now write that down, okay? Am I calling things the way they are or am I calling things or am I calling things uh, to, st one of the things it says in the passion, you don't have to go there, it's to supersede what is regarded or prominent. That's, that's one thing, but I want you to see this one, and we might turn there in a minute. What, um, the Amplified Bible kind of amplifies and explains, and I want to read it to you. God, you can look at you can look at First Corinthians one twenty eight and the Amplified. I like using the classic version. I want you to see this. We're teaching. We're stepping into a teaching pocket here at Relevant. I promise you that. I really feel like the Lord is pulling me into twenty twenty one. It's going to be a revival teaching. I believe that there's going to be a revival of teaching the Word of God because as the earth becomes darker, heaven will come brighter. And the people of God are going to have to know the principles to walk in the supernatural to maintain this crazy world we're going to start walking in. And it's going to go back to the basics of the beginning. And you're going to have to supersede through the success of a spirit life. We're going to teach you how to do it. And God 
also selected. He basically deliberately chose what in the world is low-born and insignificant and branded and treated with contempt, even the things that are nothing, that he might dispose and bring to nothing the things that are. Man, I'll tell you what. So God is changing and transforming how we see this thing. All right? Now, this is what I want you to get. God has chosen this method of calling things that be not as though they were. But I want you to stay right here because this is the concept. Are we calling most things what they need to be or are we calling them what they are right in front of us? Yeah, because here's the thing. And I asked this question and I asked the Lord kind of like on my inside. Well, wait a minute. If we just call it what we see, there's no faith involved in that. Faith has to show up in what is not seen and bring a better picture in. So my question to you when we get here, because we're going to go to Romans 4, 17. We're going to go look at the temporal side of life. We're going to go see the change and transformation from the word of God. Is this, what am I looking at? Okay, now I want to ask you to ask yourself a question. The question isn't hard. The question is easy. How have I been calling things? Now you need to really think about what I just said, because I know, I'll tell you what I said, I'm calling things the way I see it, not the way God said it. That's important. You can't, now what does that mean? Now let me explain. What are you saying about your marriage? You say, I'm not married. What are you saying about your single life? What are you saying about your kids? What are you saying about your finances? What are you saying about your body? What are you saying about your situations? Now, I want you to look at this. I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians 4, and we could start at maybe like, I don't know, let's look at verse 15. 2 Corinthians 4, 15, we'll read it in the King James. Turn there with me. Um, and, then we're gonna, we're gonna, and then we'll look at it at the Passion Translation as we go on some of the bottom back half of it because it reads a little bit easier, okay? So here we go, right? What? For all things, you see right there, for all things are for your sake, that the abundance grace, the abundant grace, mine through the thanksgiving of many, redound the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish. Now, I want you to see that. The outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is becoming renewed day by day. That's your spirit man. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us, a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Wow. Now watch this. Look at 2 Corinthians 4.18. Very important. Look what he says. Now I want you to get the overview of this. He said, stop looking at the outward man. This guy, outward man, he's perishing. He's growing older. But the inward man is becoming renewed day by day. He's trying to get you to see. Look at the unseen. It's more real than the scene you see. Because what you see is decaying. What you don't see on the inside is eternally progressing. For while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal or subject to change, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now that is important. Now look at that verse 18, and we can look at it um, Let's look at it in the, pa the passion. You can, the message says it. You can put the passion up. I'll read the message. Otherwise, we're going to read 72 scriptures here. These, the message says, 
These, you can put the passion up for that. Uh, these far more, there's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today and gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever. Did you get that? Now, that's the message. We're going to put the passion up there because the passion reads you a little bit even better. But look what he says in the message. He says, there is what? There's far more here than meets the eye. Okay, good. The things we see now, they're here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we cannot see will last what? Forever. Now, look what the passion says. But we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. So what is he saying? He's saying everything you and I see is subject to change. But here's the problem. We cannot change the things we see if we call them by what we see. We got to say something different. Now, that sounds a little bit like, what does that mean? What is he talking about? I'm going to make it real clear. Okay, here's what I mean. The unseen realm is more powerful than the seen realm because that's where faith resides. Okay, the unseen realm is more powerful than the seen realm because that's where faith resides in the unseen. God has chosen this method of using things that are not manifest, things you cannot see with the natural eye to reduce to nothing the things that are manifest. That means every situation and circumstance. So if it's good, let's just say if it's good, it can get gooder. It can get greater. If it's bad, it can be what? Turned. How do you turn it? You got to use the right substance. Now, here's what I want you to understand is God's chosen this method. Now, here's the problem right here, okay? Christians that don't know the word of God, they just call it the way it looks. You can't change it by calling it the way it looks. This is big. God chose this method of using the things that are not manifest, the things which cannot be seen with the natural eye, to bring to naught. Naught means to bring to zero. To bring to nothing means to reduce to nothing the things that are manifest. You could change anything with the right substance. It's a biblical principle. God chose it, and I got news for you. I didn't choose it. So now here's the big problem. If you don't understand this system of how God does things, how this is where Christians are defeated. They don't know how God works and operates, and then we get mad at God, or we complain with God, or we go, well, God, it didn't work. No, it didn't work because we didn't work it. And if I don't teach you these principles, you're never going to. So what do you do? You call yourself broke the rest of your life. That's not, well, now let me explain something to you. Now, I know with some, some of you have been to this rodeo before, and you go, well, that's, that's what's going on. You might be broke right now in the natural. Let me explain. Yeah, you don't have enough money. I got it, right? You might be sick. You got a doctor report. The fact, now this is where Christian church got messed up a little bit. And hear me, they lived in denial. Pretend it's not there. It's there. It's a fact. Truth can override the facts. Don't deny the facts, just apply the truth. Don't deny the facts. Right now, you might be broke, but he made you rich according to his what? Riches and glory. He took your poverty to put his wealth on you. If you're sick, right, the doctor said, you got this. People are like, oh, my God, you've seen it. They deny it. They don't, they don't have it. They, they're, they, no, 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 no. We didn't say be, be in denial. We said this might be a fact, but here comes the truth. So let's override the facts with the truth and change your life. It's a biblical principle. That's the spiritual force that you cannot see, feel, taste, smell, hear, 
to bring to naught what is already manifest. That means if you got a problem, come on, in the natural realm, you could change it with the unseen realm of faith and transform it. Here's what I need you to get, okay? And we looked at this. Um, um, we can look at this again. We can look at 2 Corinthians, King James, 2 Corinthians 4, 13, and then we're gonna read 17 and 18 because I want you to understand this because this, this, this is where we just came from, but I want you to look at 13 and I'll, I'll pull it all together real quick, okay? And this is King James just so you get this. And then we're going to go to Romans 4, 17. We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Did you get that? The same spirit of faith. Now, if you pull that all together with 17 and 18, it kind of reads like this. We having the same spirit of faith according to it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So he's saying, speak your beliefs. For our light affliction, but was for a moment, working for a far weight, exceeding weight, and of exceeding an eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things, keep speaking the things you want to see, not the things you see. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, we having the same spirit of faith, the cordon was written, I believe, and therefore have I spoken. So faith speaks of what is not seen. That's not hard. You just got to start building a discipline. What does that mean? That the unseen realm is more powerful then the seen realm, and the unseen realm is governed by God's eternal principles. Here is the principle that God has ordained. God used it all throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It's the principle that Jesus used in all his ministry. It's the principle of calling things that be not as though they were, okay? Now, let's look at Romans 4, 17. Everybody doing all right? If you're doing all right, say, say I'm doing good in the comments. <laughs> Just make it sense. You know what I'm saying? So you're, you're messing me up, Pastor, because you're telling me to call things. This is blowing my mind. Well, you're, you're not supposed to be in your mind. We got to get you in your spirit. So now I'm going to explain it. You can't get this all in a day, so let me have some time with you to help you get it over. Okay? So Romans 4, 17. Now we all know what Romans 4, 17 says. And if you didn't know what Romans 4, 17 says, you will, okay? God, as it is written, I, he's talking to Abraham, God said this, as it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Doesn't that seem like 1 Corinthians? He calls things to not out of things of unseen. He said, I call things that be not as though they were. Calling those things which be not as though they were. So he's saying, it's not there, but I call it there even though I don't see it. God calls things that are not manifest as though they were. Compare this with 1 Corinthians 28, right? God chose the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. This is God's method. Call for eternal forces that put to naught the things which are seen. Call into manifestation the things that are not, and they will replace what is manifest. Paul said we should overcome evil with good. When you start talking about calling things that are not as though they are, what's going to happen? Some people what? Think you're denying what exists. That is not what I'm telling you to do. You're not denying what exists. You're going to dematerialize what exists and produce new material to produce what you want. That is the key to this. Watch, some people believe 
that what? If you confess like this or talk like this or walk like this or think like this or speak like this, you're in denial. You're not. Why? Because we are confessing the answer that does not mean we're denying what exists. We just don't like what we see. It's a principle that we call those things that be not as though they were. That's how God operated. He didn't walk around going, oh, now I'm going to show you. Abraham kind of got in trouble. Remember I said that? Um, and, and we can go there. If you want to see it, I, 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 we can go there. Let's go to Genesis 17.1. Let's go to Genesis 17.1. And, you know, this is where it really changes for Abraham um, because I think it's, this is where the transformation takes. God changes his name to transfer his image, to change his identity. But I want you to almost see this. Abraham, Abraham and God come, kind of came to spot. Abraham's believe in God for like 20, 24 years or whatever it is, theologically, they tried to figure it out. And Abraham, we talked about this, but Abraham is literally still not getting it. And he says this to God, which is really a real game changer. He tells God, he said, what, what, is, what should I do? What should I do even though I'm still childless? And it's like Genesis 15 around there. You can go back and study it. He said, what should I do? Now, God gave him a promise. God told him, you're going to be it. But Abraham still speaks out of the place of where he is. And he asks God these questions before God takes him to go see the stars of the sky. He goes, what should I, how do I know I can believe you since I'm still childless? And God's like, dude, come on, man. And I know, listen, man, he didn't have the Bible, so I'm not knocking him. But don't we do the same thing? Don't we, don't we do the same thing? I mean, look at everything God's done. That's why when we get in this faithful side of God, look at everything God's done for us. And we have the audacity to look at God and go, man, you know, how are you going to do this? He can do it, right? But Abraham says these words, how should I believe even though I am still childless? And God's about had it. He takes him out, shows him the stars of the sky and goes, Lynn, these are going to be your descendants but he changes his perception to get him to see something different. And I want you to look at Genesis 17.1. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared unto Abram, and I should say Abram, and said unto him, I am El Shaddai. Now you gotta get a revelation of that. What he was saying there is this. This is the first time El Shaddai or Shaddai Brother Hagen preached that, El Shaddai, right? He preached that message. He said, now this is the first time we ever seen El Shaddai, right? El Shaddai was the God who, who's more than enough, amen? He can do anything. That's what happened with Abraham's journey. He started seeing God in places he's never seen him before. He's seen Jehovah Jireh. He's seen the Lord God, his provider. He's seen Jehovah, he's seen Jehovah, uh, um, Almighty God, or El Shaddai, the God who could produce more than enough. He's seen Jehovah, he's seen Jehovah Jireh, right? The Lord God had provided. He started seeing God in these different arenas. He'd never seen him before. And he said, I am what? El Shaddai, the God who can supply everything. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee. I will multiply thee. And Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As, well, here it comes, ready? As for me, behold, my covenant was at thee and I shall be a father of many nations. 
And look what he says. Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, and God said, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you, thou, shall be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but now thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make a great nation of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God unto you and unto your seed after you. And he changed his name. And I said this, man, this hit me. He forced him to say, and that is what you got to get here. God, now, I know you're going to get it like this, and I told you about this. The promises of God force us. But I'm kind of like getting you into this thing a little deeper because sometimes I don't have as much time. Look what he said. He said, call yourself what I called you to be. Man, you better get that right there. I'm forcing you by changing your name to call you, come on somebody, to call you what I called you to be and what I called you to do. Now come over here, I'm gonna give you a deep one. You ready for this? And I want everybody around you to only speak what I called you to be and what I called you to do. That's a big one for some of you. You need to separate from people that are not calling you what God called you to be. You got a bunch of negative nillies around you talking a bunch of junk, and you're letting their image of their words be produced in the picture of your mind. You got to get away from that. You cannot let that in because calling those things that be not as though they were is, it, listen to me, don't call things as though they were. As, as though they were not. You know what I'm saying? You got to call them like they were. That's what we do. We just call everything the way we see it. There's a great difference, guys, and you know what I'm saying. Watch this. Look at it, right? If there's a problem existing, you don't deny that that problem exists. If, if you're sick, you don't deny that you're sick. Okay? Listen to me. Just hear me. Right? Let's just use the sick thing. On the other hand, you don't want to always be confessing sickness to people. So how do we get this? What do we do? I'm not sick right? They're sick. Just denying you're sick won't make you well. In fact, that would, could be even messed up. But there's a difference. Confession is a method of calling things that are not as though they were. If I'm sick, what do you confess? I'm healed by his stripes. I'm delivered from the authority of darkness. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm calling my body well and healthy in Jesus' name. I'm not denying being sick. I'm denying it's right to exist in my body. I'm calling for health. I'm calling for healing in my body. That's how God does it. There are those who say, oh, you know, you're trying, you're try, trying to what? Trying to be like God? Remember, I was kidding, but God don't walk out there and go, oh, you got an army against you. You're doomed. God, Jesus I'd rather lock, act like God than act like the devil. Come on, guys. The devil calls it the way it is. You know what I mean? Stop it. You got to start building this system. Abraham, against hope, believed in hope. I am the father of many nations. It was hopeless. But guess what? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Come on. You're the father of many nations, right? That's God did it, man. Zachariah is one of the greatest examples. You want to see this joker? Look at, look at, look at, look at, I'm not trying to read. go to Luke 1. Let's go to Luke 1, 13. We're going to start this thing, and then we'll read 18 
We'll read 18 through 20, something like that, right? I think it starts with 13. It starts with the angel of the Lord said unto him, fear not, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. We'll get there. That was a total game changer, right? Isn't that what it says? Yeah, for, but the angel of the Lord said unto him, yeah, I got some of it here. Look, look at this. But the angel of the Lord said unto him, fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayers are heard, and thy wife of Elizabeth shall be thy son, and now shall call his name John. Now look at it, and you go down a little bit to uh, verse 18. And Zechariah said unto the angel, I'll give you a minute to go down there, because is that right? Yeah, Zechariah said unto the angel, whereby shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. Sounds just like Abraham, don't it? How am I going to know this? Since I don't have, I don't have. Now, look, I ain't knocking these guys. They didn't know. But here's the thing, church. This is why these revelations are so powerful. I'm teaching you what to know. If you don't do it and you know it, come on. So saying, he said, look, he said, I'm an angel. How am I going to, whereby shall I know this? You know, that's why he got in trouble. He didn't get in trouble because the angel manifested in front of him. He got in trouble because of his unbelief. He rejected what the angel said. That prayer, he just got done telling him verse 13. And can you imagine an angel stood before you and said, God heard your prayer and you shall have a son? I would have been like, how, God, how in the world does this angel know my prayers? Come on, think about this, guys. Bad enough the angel coming in itself would have scared me out of my mind. I would have just agreed with him anyway just to get rid of him. Come on, man. And he says, I heard your prayer. And you would say, okay, what did I, what, if somebody came up to you and said, I know your prayer, what's the first thing you'd say? What did I pray? And he said, you, you shall have a son and thou shall bear, you shall bear your son and his name will be John. Even though she's well stricken in years. Here we go. And the angel of the Lord said in him, I am Gabriel that stands in the presence of God and I am sent to speak unto thee from God and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, you shall be dumb. Look at this. That's 18, 18 through 20. Look at that. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day these things shall be performed because thou believest not my word which shall be fulfilled in their season. God sent an angel to Zechariah to tell him that his prayers were answered and his wife was going to have a child. How do I know you're telling me the truth? You got to give me a what? A sign. The angel of pride, I'll give you a sign, all right. You won't be able to speak until the day it comes to pass. Notice God dealt with Abraham and Zechariah, right? Here was a man who was walking in doubt concerning what God, these two individuals, what? Here, are, here was a man who was walking in doubt concerning what God said to him. So God seemed to say, if you don't get your mouth shut, it's not going to happen. So the angel stopped Zechariah from speaking things until what? Take a nine-month break on your mouth, Right? But God, that's what he says. He says, shut up for nine months because you're going to mess this up. But watch this. God renamed Abraham so he would have to say what God said about him. Did you, see what I'm saying? you don't think this is serious? He said, I don't Now, look, think of this. Abraham, he said, this dude cannot. It's theologically, 24 years, he thought the way he thought, didn't get a promise within one year of God making him say what he wanted him to say, it showed up. The other guy, maybe God was tired. I don't know. He said, man, I ain't even going to give Zachariah a chance to screw this up. Just put him on mute. I don't know. I don't know, man. But all I know is I don't want to be either one of these dudes in the earth right now. God bless them in their ministry. You know what I'm saying? But I'm trying. 
This is God's method. You got to call, you better, I'm the barren man. You ain't going to see no promise of God like that. Now, guys, this is the crazy, I don't know how else to say this. Please, just comment, help him, Lord, help him, Lord. <laughs> you got to learn the systems. This is, God's not changing his system. God will comfort you in what you don't understand, but he ain't changing his system. If you're going to get it to work, you got to start being a person that calls things that be not as though they were. Remember, God chose the me- this method. You want to know why I think God chose this method? I gave a little thought to this. Because it's his method. And you put your full trust, confidence, and faith in his method. And it don't make no sense to the natural-minded man to call things that be not as though they were, but it takes faith to do it. And God is trying to get you to faith so he can allow the creativity of God to show up in your natural life. This is how God did it. There is what people that are going to say, Man, they ain't going to get in this thing. They ain't going to get in this thing. They got spiritual amnesia about how God does things. They forgot, right? You ain't going to get rid of it by denying it. You ain't going to get rid of it by denying it. You got to say something different to change it. You got to, I love that word, bring to naught means to bring to zero. I like to see like, if it's in front of me, I, you ever watch these shows like where they, you know, like it's almost kind of like sci-fi, you know, like the thing materializes, like all these little it comes together, you know, and there it is, it's like a solid. I like to see, like, problems, and just, like, you hit them, and they start dematerializing. When the right substance comes up, it dematerializes, and a new picture is printed. That's faith. That's how it works. Because it's the, you know, this is the key with confession, you know. Thank God, with the, thank God we got the Bible to create new things, you know. That's all the more reason why we should do this thing. You know, this thing. As you study, you're going to notice something. God never did anything until he said it. That's the way he works. I promise you, God has done nothing in the earth without speaking it first. Do you understand that? God never did anything in the earth until he spoke it first. He prophesied. Even when it seems when nothing was going on, God prophesied or called it and spoke it into existence. That's what Romans 4, 17 was about. What? He quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they were. In other words, God speaks the end result. Write that down. Comment that. If God speaks the end result, we should be speaking the end result and not what we see. Because what we see is temporal. The end result is the truth. You understand? So like, right, just say, right, say like this. Say like you, you're sick right now. The end result is God healed you. By his stripes, you're healed. That's not the end result. That's just a fact right now. But if we get to the end result, by his stripes, you were healed. If you're broke right now, that ain't the end result. By his wealth, he gave you, he took your poverty. Your end result is prosperity. If your mind right now is just really bombarded with the trials and tribulations of life, that ain't your end result. That's just the what? That's just the fact right now. He said, I gave you power, love, and a sound mind. He gave you authority over all. He said, cast down every imagination. See, the, the, the truth is the end result. I got to sound. How in the world do you say, oh, my mind's messed up. I'm, I'm, I'm not. No, I got to speak. I have a sound mind. That's the truth. I got to speak. I have a prosperous life. That's the truth. I got to speak by his stripes. I'm healed. That's the truth. Now, this is the key. The promises of God keep you connected to the truth and not the facts. Okay? Write that down. The promises of God 
keep me connected to the truth, not the facts. And when I'm pushing through situations in life, sometimes all I see is the facts and it's hard to see the truth. As long as I stay connected to the promise of God, it keeps me connected to the truth and the truth could change the facts of life. Come on, man. It's true, right? Think about that. Ooh, I'm telling you, that's good stuff, right? Because here's the thing. That's all the, re- that's all the more reason why we should say what God said, right? You're calling things, you're calling for the things, woo, you're calling for the things you don't, you don't have. You're calling for things to come into manifestation. There would, be, there would be no need to call something if it was already there. You call it. I don't like what I see. We'll call it something different. Man, I'm telling you, I promise you this is God's honest truth. This is the principles that God used. Look at this. Remember, in, I, I read this to you. Okay, I don't, I, I'll read this. Like, um, you know, when he said he quickened the dead, he did that with Lazarus. He called something dead to come alive. Let's look, let, let, I want to show you this one thing here. Though. I, I think this can really help you. Um, I, I really believe, um, you might say, well, what's the answer? How to, kind of wrap this little package up for me. Um, what's it? God's method is to call the thing that is not manifest. Now, I want you to see that. That's how God did it. There was darkness. God said, light be. You see how he works? Don't you want to be like God? You've been made in the image of likeness of God. This ain't going to have no human reasoning connected to it, guys. You know what I'm saying? So what do you do? The thing that is not manifest in that individual's life needs to be called in. So that person should go to the word of God and find the promise that gives them supply and then be obedient to do what that word says and activate that promise. That's what you need to proclaim. Do you see that? So I look and go, man, this situation doesn't look like that promise. The situation can be changed by the promise. When you start speaking the promise, the promise starts changing the situation. That's how it works. You call those in. But what do we do? What do we do? We call it the way we, I, I, I just call it the way I see it. Good, that's all you're going to see. Because when you see it, it's the end result. There's no hope in that thing. That's what Abraham was trying to show us in Romans chapter 4. Who against hope, he didn't see no kid, believed in hope. How did he believe in hope? He called those things that be not as though they were. He's like, I'm the father of many nations. This joker running around town. I'm the father of many nations. How many kids you got? None. But I'm the father of many nations. Come on, you don't think people look at him like he's crazy? Look, man, if you're going to look at the peanut gallery to tell me whether you're going to do this or not, you ain't going to do it. You got to call those things that be not as though they were. I don't know, I sound a little redundant, but you know what I'm saying. Okay, what have you been saying about your situations? Apply the principles of God. Listen, watch this. I know. Start applying these principles today. It's going to take patience to work this out. It may take weeks. It may take months. It may take years to bring the total fulfillment of the promise. But then you're going to be able to see something here. You're going to be able to see. Once you get one of these things to turn, you're going to start noticing this thing works. Okay? This is the key, right? I promise you this is true. Watch this. God's method of doing this is different than your method. You got to sell out to the system of God and call those things that be not as though they were. So I'm giving you this kind of checkup, and I want, well, let's just look at this. Look at John, let's look at John 11, 3 and 4. Let's just look at John 11, 3 and 4, okay? It's the story of Lazarus in Bethany, okay? 
And, and, and John 11, verse 3 and 4, Mary and Martha kind of speak up. Therefore, his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. This joker is dead, dead, dead. He's so dead, he stinks. <laughs> he's like he's sleeping. <laughs> Yo, dude. That's, that's what I'm saying. You, look, man, I'm going to be serious. If you didn't know how God works, you'd think Jesus is almost telling fibs. I'm being serious. He never lies. But you see what I'm saying? That, what did he say? That one that I love it. But when he heard this, this sickness is not unto death. But he died. But for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Jesus said this sickness is not unto death. What are you going to do with that statement? For as you read further, he said Lazarus is dead. So now what are you doing? You're like, I don't know, Jesus might be having a bad day, right? You'd be like, I think he's slipping. You know, you'd be like, hey, John, John, Peter, I think Jesus is slipping. But he said he's he, he asleep. First he told us he's sick. Then he told us he's sleeping. Now he's telling us he's dead. Oh, well, now what? What? Watch this. Jesus said this sickness would not end in the death before the glory of God. Jesus said Lazarus was sick and died. He just said he going. He said it ain't going to end in death, but he's dead. It wasn't God's will for Lazarus to be sick, and it wasn't Lazarus God's will for Lazarus to die. Okay, but now watch this. You understand this? Watch this. You you know what I'm saying? You can't say Jesus was lying. He didn't lie. There's a difference between lying and confessing, or calling things that be not. If you if you see this thing. It didn't end in death, but in the middle of it, it looked dead. It didn't end. He went there with resurrection life and told them to come out. Lazarus come forth. He's just like, he stinks. Don't worry about the stink. I can knock the stink out of him. I told you on Sunday, right, he could Febreze him, whatever he got to do. <laughs> he put a Febreze on that joker and get him to come out. But you see what I'm, you see what I'm saying? He didn't see. Now, wait. And now, I, this is what I want you to get, okay? So now, picture this in your mind. The disciples are sitting here going, okay, but he's dead. Jesus is like, yes, but the thing you see dead right now is not the end of it. Just because in the temporal, it looks like it, I'm the resurrection in life, and I'm going to turn this dead thing around. And what Jesus said was true. This sickness will not end in death, but he never said he wasn't going to die. You see it? It might look dead. It might look bleak. That marriage might look so shot out, CPR can't bring that thing back. I got news for you. You got to call those things that be not as though they were. That bank account might look so dead right now, you can't even get a nickel out of it. You got to call those things that be not as though they were. Your mental oppression right now might seem like you're ready to break, but I got news for you. You got to call that sound mind. You see it? It's not going to end the way it looks because you're going to turn around. He called the end results. Jesus is calling the end of results of a matter. He said that the end result would not be death, but the end result of the whole matter would bring glory to God, and it did. The glory of God received and came when Lazarus was raised from the dead. Not when he was sick, not when he died, neither the sickness nor the death glorified God, but the resurrection power of God brought glory to God. Amen? This is the key. Jesus said this. Man, this is so, so good. 
but you could get misunderstood if people don't understand. You're not in denial. Come on, somebody. You're not in denial. You're in what? You're in the place of confession. Look right there. You got, you got John 11? Let's just go a little further. Look at 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, 12, and 13. John 11, 11. Look, Jesus was misunderstood. Look at this right here. These things said he, and after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps. <laughs> this joker's dead. He ain't asleep. I go, he said about the little girl that died, he said she's sleeping too. They laughed at him. Remember that? He said, Tabitha, rise. <laughs> she dead. It was Jairus' daughter the one time. They're going to the house. They're like, what? She's sleeping. They, bro, bro, the guy just came. Time out. No, Jesus looks like he's tripping. I'm sorry. Just hear me. Put yourself in this. Just, just stop. Give me a minute. All right. The guy comes up in pushing through. We, we'll look at it next week. He comes up and pushes through the crowd and said, look, man, I know you just did this miracle for this woman with the issue of blood business, and that's all cute, but his, his daughter's dead. She's dead, deader than doornail, dead. Jesus said, don't fear, don't be afraid, everything's cool. They go there, they're making fun of him because he says she's asleep. <laughs> she's sleeping. Yeah, I'll be like, she's sleeping, she's dead. He laughed and kicked, they laughed, he kicked him out. He said, get up. He'd been doing it through the whole Bible. Leper, go show yourself to the priest. Like they're, like they're cleansed, they lepers. They got leprosy all over them. Go show yourself to the priest. And the going, just go. He's been doing it through the whole Bible. He don't call nothing the way it is. He calls it the way he wants it to be, my God. Look at this. Right. Our look at this. Look, go back to, oh, my God, this is so good. Our friend Lazarus sleeps. I'm losing it, but I'm going to go wake him up. He's four days dead. You're going to wake him up from what, death? Oh, are you getting this? That I may wake him out of sleep. Then said he to his disciple, if they said, well, if he's, look at this. Look at the disciples. They got enough sense to say, hey, look, if he's asleep, he'll do better. Let's just leave him alone. Give him some, you know, give him some chicken soup. He probably got a cold. He'll be all right. <laughs> I don't know. How do it, how be it Jesus spake of his death, but they thought he had only spoken of taking a rest and sleep. <laughs> they get there, he's dead. Jesus realized. They didn't understand him. Go to verse 14 and I'm going to leave you alone. <laughs> How be it Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking a rest in sleep. Jesus like, he's, he's dead. Jesus was calling the things that were not. Listen to this. Look at this. Jesus realized they misunderstood him when it's like, if he's asleep, he's doing well. Jesus was calling the thing that would be not. Lazarus wasn't asleep. He was dead. And Jesus knew he was dead. But I'm going to wake him up. Listen to me. Jesus was calling. What was he doing? Jesus was calling the thing that was not the way it's supposed to be. 
He was guarding, come on somebody, his conversation so he wouldn't undo what had already been declared in the beginning. The end result will not be death. But his disciples didn't understand it. Jesus stopped and gave the explanation in verse 14. Come on, somebody. What did he tell them? He said he's dead, but I'm going to fix it. Listen to what I'm saying here. Look at the mentality we're going to talk about. Jesus called the thing that was not manifest life. He was dead, but Jesus called him asleep. Jesus would, would not allow the power of death to overcome the moment in life. Oh, my God. Jesus would not admit death. That didn't mean he denied it. He would just not allow it to be the outcome of the circumstance. Jesus, he would not, he would not, he would not admit death. That didn't mean he didn't deny it. He just would not establish anything but what he declared it to be. It's the principle. Remember she went and said, he stink? I got news for you. When they took away the stone, it stank, came alive. Are you seeing the mentality? Yes. I said this is not going to end bad. God gave you promises that said everything you're walking through is not going to end bad. Every promise of God to me and you is yes and amen. God will get us out. God will work it out. God will heal it. God will fix it. God will carry it. God will resurrect it. God will do it. And if, he, if something, he'll comfort you through it. I don't know what he's got to do, but he can do it. But here's the one thing he's not going to do. He ain't going to let it end the way it looks. He called the things that be not as though they were. It looks crazy. The guy's dead. Don't worry about it. This will not end in death. But he's dead. But don't worry about it. Wait here four more days and we'll get there. He's dead. Now nah, he's just sleeping. Don't mess up what I'm talking about. When we get there, I'll show you what I'm talking about. And he come ripping out of that grave with grave clothes on and changed the situation and circumstance everybody was seeing. Why? He didn't call it the way it was. He called it the way he wanted it to be. You got to change your mindset. The end of it is not here. I can change what you see. It's temporal. I can change what you hear. It's temporal. I can get new substance and new material to bring the north the stuff you see. He don't call that marriage the way he sees it. He calls that marriage the way he wants it to be. He don't call your body the way it feels. He calls your body the way it's supposed to feel. He don't call your bank account what it looks like. He calls your bank account blessed and highly favored. Come on, you see in this mentality? Stop calling it the way it is and start speaking it the way you want it to be. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you calling those things that be not as though they were? God who quickened the dead. And if you're going to be serious, I'm done. But if you're serious about this, have you been calling it the way it looks? Are you calling it the way it's supposed to be? How have you been calling things lately? How you been speaking over situations? How you been speaking over life? Have you been giving God access to come in? Or are you just calling it the end? God knew the end from the beginning. But I got news for you. You can change the end by giving it a brand new beginning. Call those things that be not. Let's, let's start governing our life by calling the things that be not as though they were. You might not, you might feel like a little, 
inhibited in front of people. You don't have to do it in front of people. Start doing it behind closed doors in your prayer time and start calling the things that be not as though they were. Start speaking the things forth and start getting the same concept. I want you to know something. It might seem strange for a minute, but it's how God does things. It's how God's done things all throughout. It's how Jesus does things. It's how the disciples do things. And it's how me and you do things to get God's results in the earth. Amen? I'm telling you, we're going to talk a little bit more about it. I think it's really helping us see a little deeper into the way God does things. Once we get the principles of God and we get the understanding of how God does things, we could, still, we could emulate those principles and we could work those principles and we could, we could basically um, submit to that principle of how to do. Start calling those things that be not as though they were. Start today. Call that marriage. Call that this kid. Call that fine. Everything you're speaking to, you need to do a lot more speaking than you're doing and call the things that be not as though they were and see your life change right before your eyes. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, God, that you're quickening us. You're putting a guard over our mouth. You're not allowing us to say anything different than the promise of God. You're releasing us to step into this next season of blessing and you're opening up brand new doors of opportunity for us to call the things that be not as though they were to transform our life and transform the lives of people around us forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, praise the Lord, guys. I love you. Don't forget, speak the word of God. We're gonna see you Sunday morning, 10.30. We got nine online, 10.30 online. We got six o'clock online. Everything's online, but you can come and be in the house of the Lord Sunday morning, 10.30. Come join us. Look up for more. We got some holiday updates. Check in on the website. Check in, in the information. Thanks for clicking it. Thanks for sharing it. Thanks because you know this. If you're sharing, you're caring, and we just appreciate everything you're doing. We love you, and God bless you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.